Hi everyone and welcome to The FFS Show, a podcast about misinformation and fact-checking by Ferret. I am your host, Ali Bryan, and with me, returning after having a podcast off, is Mags Taylor. How are you doing, Mags? I'm good, Ali. How are you? How, how did you get on without me? It was a lonely, lonely place. But you had a great interview. Yeah, no, it was a good interview. Great interview with Alex Clegg, and we've got some more from him this week uh, talking about conspiracy theories and how to stop friends and family and people you know from falling down that rabbit hole. Sounds good. What else have we got coming up this week? You have been looking into coronavirus vaccines, haven't you? I have, I have. Okay, should we get right into it? Let's go for it. Mags, you've been looking at uh, some misleading information about the COVID-19 vaccines, haven't you? That's right. Yeah, there was an article uh, published on a website called The Daily Exposé. Um, it, it was looking into statistics that were published by the National Records of Scotland into to COVID-related deaths. Okay. Um, and the, the headline on the piece, and the, the, this was the thing that was shared very, very widely on social media. It was yeah. um, a, a picture made up of the headline on this piece. It was COVID-19 vaccine officially listed as the underlying cause of death multiple times by Scotland authorities. Okay, so multiple times. has uh, has How many deaths have there been linked to the... COVID-19 vaccine. So the story links through to statistics that were published by National Records of Scotland uh, earlier in May. And on that, it, it does say that there were three deaths that were mm. recorded with the underlying the underlying cause of death being due to adverse effects of the COVID-19 vaccines. So that, right. that is accurate. So three deaths, that's what they mean by multiple then? That's kind of where, where the problem arises with this, because it is completely accurate for them to say that they are linking through to official statistics and Scottish mm-hmm. authorities. The figures were officially collected and collated, but the three deaths... For, first of all, there's a problem with the context of three among how many people. Three deaths, of course, is terrible. Um, any death mm. is absolutely awful. But in the context of 2.81 million people having received at least one vaccine dose, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion. Like, 0.0001% of those who have received a vaccine. 0.0001 is obviously a really low percentage. And we know it that, is, that yeah. any vaccine is going to have some small level of mortality related to it based on bad reactions. Yeah. Right. And the article makes a claim which is uh, made quite often in the, these sort of uh, circles that the death numbers are being suppressed by the media. Yeah, that's right. So the Daily Expose, it sets itself up as an alternative to the mainstream media. It, it mm. says that it, it's telling the stories that the mainstream media do, doesn't tell, doesn't want you to know. But if you do a search um, on Google on number of deaths, Scotland linked to the vaccine, there's a huge list. I think the BBC tops the list, uh, STV's in there, The Telegraph, all, all the all the mainstream press basically yeah. were reporting so on these mentioned. stats. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's been reported. And actually, um, because the um, deaths linked to the vaccine hadn't been reported before uh, by National Records of Scotland, that, that actually was a headline that pretty much all the mainstream press went with as well. Okay, so what did we go for in our verdict then? 
We went for half true. I mean, to, to be fair to them, they have taken official statistics, they have presented them, but they've presented them in such a way that it's misleading. They haven't given the full context. They've they've used other bits of information that they think is relevant to paint the vaccine in a bad light. So yeah, half true, it's misleading. You're listening to The FFS Show. Subscribe to The Ferret for just £3 a month to support more fact-checking and more podcasting. Now it's time for the second part of my interview with Alex Clegg from charity Sense About Science. We talked about conspiracy theories and the things you can do to stop people you know from falling down the conspiracy rabbit hole. I started by asking, what's the first thing you should do if you think somebody you know might be going that way? People sometimes, you know, share a conspiracy theory or talk about it, not because they've, you know, firmly entrenched it and believe it, but because they might find it intriguing or they might want yeah. to provoke a reaction. And so I think that initial thing is, you know, start start a conversation and find out whether they genuinely believe it, what concerns actually are they talking about, um, or whether they are just doing it to wind you up, you know, especially if it's a family member. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they might just be having to, you know, be a bit annoyed at you and know how to wind you up. But I think, you know, if someone, you know, is really bought into a conspiracy theory, then I think one of the, again, the key things to do is take a step back um, and try to create that critical distance. Find out, you know, whether they want to talk about, you know, the nature of the conspiracy theory. Um, and and try not to just get stuck into like oh I my evidence is better than your evidence or this fact is wrong um, yeah. because that is most of the time um, it's not going to be that useful uh, I think time and time again you know we see people saying um, you know here's all the facts why don't you believe them and it's because yeah, yeah. there are a lot more there's a lot more going on there's a lot more all encompassing issues at stake um, and so starting off. Um, talking about them and trying to see it from their perspective what's what are they actually annoyed about and having a conversation about that and um, it's a lot more useful so if you are speaking to somebody who has shared something like that your first protocol is to gently ask them what they believe and you know if they believe that sort of thing yeah exactly and i think uh, just be inquisitive so mm-hmm. um uh Finding out, you know, um, who who is it that's saying these things? Who do you listen to? Um, is it, you know, Alex Jones that you know, but really like hepped up uh, American radio presenter, um, or um, is it um, a really niche website on the internet? And find out a bit more about that, and then find out, you know, what particular conspiracy are they interested in? Is it to be believe in one and not another? Why not? Um, and there, you know, you begin to be able to understand uh, them a bit more. And then it helps when you begin to talk about, um, you know, the, the, you know, why some sources may be better than others. You've already spoke to them about that and why they believe that one conspiracy theorist might be um, uh, more informative than, other, than another. And you can begin to develop a conversation there. So I think, you know, it's, it's good to just be able to talk to things about things from you know in their context rather than just from an outsider saying well all this conspiracy theory world is all of it silly anyways 
Um, yeah. But you can uh, you can have the conversation from their uh, from their perspective. I think part of this is you make sure that when you're talking to somebody who uh, is sharing things that might be it might be conspiracy theories that you're not either sort of ridiculing or patronizing or uh, sort of adversarial in the way that you speak to them. Is the aim in this situation is it to try and bring someone away from conspiracy theories or is it just to sort of understand why people believe them in the first place it does depend on the context so if someone's just exploring them which i think you know a lot of a lot of people i speak to yeah they're just sort of interested in them and it offers a pretty good you know way of understanding current events one of the things that someone like alex jones who for people who don't know is a american sort of shock jock who is a conspiracy theorist who runs a website called Infowars and famously is, was behind a lot of these things that are saying that the Sandy Hook massacre was false flag. And that's just one of many conspiracy theories that he buys into and promotes on his website. Um, but one thing that he has, and a lot of the people that, that are similar to him have, is they're, what they do is objectively entertaining. And so that draws people in. To what you know, people who might not believe necessarily believe what they say are entertained by them as broadcasters and as sort of charismatic individuals, and then that can lead people towards conspiracy-minded things. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's not. Um, I think there is there is a risk of sort of saying that you know it's okay because yeah, you know, in a few months' time, uh, someone might be a lot more invested in it. But um, just yeah, returning you know it's into like what a successful conversation is. I don't, I don't think you're gonna you know change someone's mind within the end of the conversation. But um, what I think a good aim is is that you can begin to identify gaps in people's reasoning um, mm. and also get them to be able to see them as well. If you're sort of you know gently pushing someone towards uh, what you consider to be more accurate and well sourced information. A lot of people will blanketly dismiss whole whole areas of information as sort of either propaganda or you know having some sort of bias. So, what do you do in the face of that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like uh, I, you know, it it is tricky, but I think um, it's also that's okay, you know, in in mm. our approach to having these conversations because what we want to do is begin to, as I said, you know, have a conversation about how we know what we know. So, um, you know, one thing uh, you, could, you, you can say, which doesn't really involve um, looking at the source fa- sources of information, but you said, you know, you'd say, imagine there was a global pandemic where, uh, you know, a new respiratory virus uh, took hold. What do you think, you know, the, the governments of the world would do? Um, and what do you think they do well and what do you think they do bad? And, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time people would probably sort of, um, um, say what's happened now um, you know uh, it, and they it, it describe the same processes so and you can be coming in to um, uh, get them to see that okay yeah so you know it's a normal thing that's happening at this, uh, you know even though it's extra, extraordinary um, it's probably the most likely scenario if it if um, you know if a, if a virus did happen um, yeah. but yeah and and also um you can 
you can talk about you know who else would have to be involved in covering it up. So if it is, um, if all these uh, politicians and journalists um, are involved in covering it up, then who as well uh, would the the printing press, the workers in the printing press, also have to cover it up? Um, how many people would it take um, to cover it up? So um, even though yeah. they might distrust it, you can sort of take that reasoning further and further until you know, you could begin to ask questions of it as well. Sometimes the conversation around conspiracy and the conspiracy theorist sort of positions the the person who believes in a conspiracy like a completely separate person to everybody else. There are, there are a lot of people who are, what wouldn't consider themselves to be fully-fledged conspiracy theorists who would, who do believe or have beliefs which could be conspiracy theory-based there's uh, the, the scepticism that um, uh, lots of people who buy into conspiracy theories have. It, you know, it's 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 incredibly strong, and it's you know that uh, scepticism is something that's um, encouraged, um, um, yeah. uh, you know, in society. But I think, um, yeah, what what we need to do is be able to like uh, twist that energy and that you know that, um, that um, you know e- eagerness to be able to hold people to account and understand what's going on. Um, yeah. towards like a healthy with a healthy skepticism and so and so yeah it's not about separate separating everyone away and going all oh, right we need to deal with them it's about saying okay let's come together and you know let's uh let's talk about the issues going on in the world you know there's some um, there, there is a uh, there are real conspiracies there's real incompetence um amongst yeah. um, um you know governments and you know people who have power in society um, and so, yeah, let's uh, let's you know work towards um, um, challenging that or um, understanding that together. And so, yeah, I think it's about shifting that you know maybe quite um, unhelpful scepticism towards a real healthy scepticism. So that's it for this episode then. It is, yeah. Um, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, remember that you can get in touch with us at factcheckattheferret.scot if you have any queries, any suggestions, or anything else fact checking you want to talk about. Um, and you can subscribe to the ferret for £3 a month at theferret.scot forward slash subscribe. Uh, and that helps us do even more of this wonderful podcasting. See you next time. Bye, Ali. Bye, Mags.